0: The entire team at the Emsolation podcast acknowledges the traditional custodians and cultures of the lands and seas on which we live and work. We pay our respects to all First Nations peoples, elders and ancestors. We acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded and stand in solidarity towards a shared future. I personally want to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which I record this podcast every week, the Wurundjeri people. I recognise their continued connection to the land and waters of this beautiful place I call home. Always was, always will be.
1: This is the Emsolation Summer Series.
0: I feel very seen by this and I'm thrilled. Oh, this is why you're here, you're my
2: people. With Virginia Gay. This is why we actually had to do this remote, crate Because you ever seen a supernova
0: explode? Too much. Em
1: Rossiano with Virginia Gay for the Emsolation Summer Series.
0: Hello and welcome to the Emsolation Summer Series, where I am chatting with big feeling light seekers. Yep. I've just decided that's who they are. Well, no, I was thinking about the list of guests. And these are people I really thought about and sought out because anytime I've come across them, I've just felt this inner warmth, but also a bit of darkness. And I think, I guess I seek those people out because that's how I feel, like a warm person with a fair bit of inner darkness, (laughs) but I'm always seeking the light. Today's guest is no exception. Actress, writer, director, playwright, composer, incredible human, Virginia Gay. Now, she first came to my attention, of course, when she was on All Saints. I was always obsessed with medical shows. Just way back to, like, I'm trying to think, obviously, ER was a big deal for me. Country practice. (gasps) Still not over Molly. Is anyone? Will we ever be over Molly? I used to love watching Sherl when she'd do her meditations inside the triangle and Frank would leave her alone. Oh, just thinking about country practice it was such a good show. Anyway, I digress. As always, we've had the first mental side quest four minutes in. This podcast is a free-flowing, glorious mental side quest. I have kept these chats really loose because I wanted to allow space. I get some therapy. I do a lot of talking. My guest does a lot of talking. The point of it is, and all of these interviews that I'm giving to you over your summer break is I want you to walk away feeling empowered, in your life and empowered to make some kind of change to allow you to find some light. And it can be a really small change or a really big one. Virginia Gay is an extraordinary human. I love this chat so much, it went for so long and you're gonna hear us kind of launch straight into, she asked me about The Mars Singer. (laughs) I'm not gonna do any editing. You're just gonna hear it all for what it is. While she was in lockdown, she wrote two plays, as you do. One of them she references quite a few times and I want to let you know what it's about so you understand it. It's the story of Siriano de Bougerac. and it's a very famous play that's been remade many times. In fact, Peter Dinklage is currently starring in the most recent big film screen adaptation but it's the story of a playwright and a poet and he was very talented but he had a huge nose and was in love with a very beautiful woman and felt that he would never really be good enough, so had to play a part of something else and, and help her fall in love even though he was in love with her. And Virginia saw this and reimagined it as, and as Siriano being a female character and it being a queer love story and she did a beautiful job. She was also in Calamity Jane and the other play she worked on and is currently acting in is the Boomkak Panto, which we talk about extensively also. I just wanted to kind of do a little reset so you understood what we were talking about when we talk about. Now, now I'm like self-conscious, I'm saying Serino wrong, Sereno, Serino, Serino de Bougerac. <laughs> Sorry, Jenny. Virginia's listening to this going, you're fucking killing my life's work, mate. Anyway, I've done my best. Enjoy this chat. I certainly did. And follow Virginia on all the things. Support her. She is good people. As are all the people I'm chatting to. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll launch straight into Virginia, grilling me on The Masked Singer. Sorry, I don't know. I've got to stop saying ladies and gentlemen. Friends, pals, because not everyone identifies as a lady or a gentleman and it's exclusionary language and we must all endeavour to be better. Pals, friends, people, non-binary, However you identify, I see you and I acknowledge you in my collective as I present to you one of my favourite humans, (laughs) Virginia Gay. I've got to be better. So, guys, Virginia Gay.
1: You're listening to the m Summer Series.
0: Thanks for doing this. I'm very excited, mate. It's a long time in the making. And Michael Lucas sends his apologies, but he's plotting Five Bedrooms Season 4 with Christine and they're nuts. Incredible. So, I fucking love that, Michael Lucas, and I love so that you, I. Are,
2: you are glorious podcast friends. What a fucking joy. What a fucking joy.
0: Well, we were both so, well, I mean, we clung to each other in high school because we were so, both such nerds. <laughs> And now look at us, yeah. actor award winner, fucking, I don't know, I don't have much to contribute to the pot. Second in the Master Singer.
2: It was so incredible, mate. It was so fucking incredible. What is it like to do that?
0: <laughs> why haven't you done it? Cause you don't need to.
2: <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I mean, listen, I would do it. I just, I don't
0: know what it is. I don't know how it works. Like, why does it exist? <sighs> I mean, it's totally bonkers. I mean, it exists in the same realm that all reality TV exists, that I think in the States it allows the cavalcade of celebrities who have more or less faded into obscurity another shot at the limelight. You do it at the beginning of your career or the end of your career. Generally it doesn't involve people doing well. So I think that and Australians love camp also. I mean, you know. Kylie Minogue, Madonna, Priscilla, you, me. So I think it was just it was just the right combination for us. Yeah, and I mean I'd had to postpone my tour for a third time, and I'd said no a few times, and I'd already done reality TV like eighteen years ago when I did Idol. Same, and that's partly why I'm like, oh, I didn't enjoy my
2: experience with it and I'm not sure I want to do it again, but you went back, interesting. I did
0: because this was more of a collaborative thing. It wasn't like they were trying to trip you up or film you crying because you missed your two-year-old, for instance, an example I've plucked out of nowhere. And (laughs) I felt like everyone was rooting for you. We were in a team. It was almost like being in a production. Well, it was a production in a way that you're a cast member that yeah. is there because they want you there and all I had to do was sing. That's so cool. And for me, and, you know, having to be camera ready or stage ready and worrying about ticket sales and remembering punch lies and remembering lyrics <laughs> and all those things yeah. really can take the magic out of performing for me because I'm such a fucking anxious person.
2: Yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> you know? I see you, I feel you, yeah. it's a fucking low life. Yeah. So the
0: opportunity to step inside of a giant suit of armour yeah. And we sing live, Yeah. which I'm really good at because it's all I've known is being able to like just fucking turn it on, even if I'm dying and depressed. And like, yeah, I can yeah, yeah. that light comes on, and I'm like, to <gasps> so be able to do that. And I don't know, sing because I hadn't sung live in a year and a half. I had one yeah. quick performance at the bowl. I think you'd, yeah. I think you'd like it.
2: Well, i can tell you, you talking very highly of it, and also Eddie Perfect had mm. a really good time on it too, mm. which is great. My question is more. What is like, are the, is the job of the hosts, is the job of the, the, the guessing you know, the, panel they're called? Yes. Yeah. The guessing panel. Is like, is the job to guess? Like, is that the, is that the twist or is it just? Yes. Wow. I'm confused by the actual logic yep. of like, if you're guessed, if you are identified. Yeah. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I'm unclear.
0: Well, I think your first mistake is applying logic <laughs> to a show that involved yeah. me being dressed as a giant toilet <laughs> doll. They're there as as a guess, as a guessing panel, sure. but more or less you do want to be guessed because for me, I mean everyone knew the second the promo went out because they put my voice in it, and I have an extremely amazingly dedicated fan base yeah. of a few hundred thousand women and gay men the best. Yeah. Well, the best. it's everyone, let's just say non-binaries, queer folk, everyone except straight white guys. I'm just going to put it out there. They're not That's my target demo. <laughs>
2: Same. I feel very seen by this, and I'm thrilled. Oh, this is why you're here.
0: You're my people. And um, I tell you what: if I ever went missing and they wanted to do a true crime documentary around my disappearance, you would just pretty much go to my Facebook page and give the details, and I would be found, either dead or alive, within 24 hours. Holy shit! Yeah, they shit, were onto that's it.
2: Awesome. They were fucking onto that's it. Love. Yeah.
0: So you that's do. I, I was happy to be guessed, but they were guessing for me like Kelly Rowland and Pink and people the show would never get, which was lovely. That I. 10 out of 10 would recommend the experience. I mean, we, yeah, right. we were doing it in a hard lockdown out in Sydney, but um, other than that. So, so, so crazy.
2: <laughs> but similar, I had the same thing as soon as like, as soon as Eddie opened his mouth as the frill neck lizard, I was like, that's Eddie perfect. Same. Obviously that's Eddie perfect. Same with Kate
0: Miller Heike I- though. Exactly. Like, like what's the, what's the point? I'm like, I know. Yeah. But the, I guess the <laughs> is point that- is you want to go back and hear them sing more. And then, right, right, yeah. Right. So it's, it's a heady mix of who the fuck is it, but also, oh my God, I know who it is and I love them. Yes, great. So I'd like to welcome Virginia Gay to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this is all what going a in prologues. Yeah, great, honor. Virginia Gay, welcome. I hi mate. I'm creating a summer series of big feeling light seekers, is what I'm calling all my guests. It's a very oh, wow. Yeah, it's a very specific person I've chosen to get people through their summer breaks. Just people who fill the world with all the nerve endings on the outside of their skin, have seen some dark times and are now obsessed with helping other people out of their dark times. That's uh, I'm so honoured to be in that category. Oh, you are. I'm so you fucking, fucking are because I see you, girl. <laughs> <Excellent>. like, <fucking. laughs> big, Big big feeling, feeling light, light seekers. seekers. Yeah. yeah, you are. That's
2: an amazing sentence. I'm
0: really, really honoured. Well, it's hard to be a big feeling light seeker because... Generally, the big feelings start when you're about two or three yeah and and then it's just trauma. <laughs>
2: trauma of all the feelings and all the experience <laughs> yeah. in the world, which you really fucking feel. And oddly yeah. a lot of us oh. end
0: up in the performance space because we want validation. Desperately trying to fill that hole inside. <laughs> Ooh, uh,
2: it's amazing the way applause just keeps oh. falling in and then
0: through. You're like, Gone. but what? It's like holding sand, hurting cats, more, more, more. <laughs> and then the self-reflection starts from, well, started for me around 40 because mm. I couldn't go on. And, yeah, right. yeah, now I'm almost 43 and bouncing out of some pretty hectic two years as you are as a performer, as you know, recently diagnosed with ADHD and autism, and and then going back yeah. through my life with that lens and going, oh, you're not a yeah. cunt, you are actually neurodiverse. So Yeah, totally. Yeah, oh,
2: that's super cool and super interesting. I love that. I
0: love that. Yeah, so you're here because I'm, we've never really crossed paths properly, but it's always been suggested that we do. But I, th- I was worried you would rip a hole in the space time continuum. <laughs>
2: Uh, that is a powerful force. I, I mean, it's distinctly true. This is why we actually had to do this remote, right? Because us in the same room? Yeah. No. <laughs> Have
0: you ever seen a supernova explode? It's too, much. No. It's too much. Too much. Too much. Just feminine energy, yeah. whatever. I don't even know what my energy is. Sweaty and hairy most of the time. But <laughs> someone obviously I fell in love with on All Saints because I love all nurses and you're technically a nurse. I'm an ex-fake nurse. Yeah.
2: I still give people medical <laughs> Thank advice. Thank God. Somebody was feeling faint on the show the other day and I was like, okay, so on the ground and then knees up on a chair. And it's amazing somebody else who isn't an ex-fake nurse can give that advice and people can be like, I'll be all right. But if you're an ex-fake okay. nurse, they go, I'll just go on the ground and put my knees up on a chair. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's good to have that hangover of authority. I'm very into it. I love that.
0: I'm just an Italian mother of three. So I have a similar air of authority oh, yeah. around me. Yeah.
2: If you told me to do something like that, I would absolutely do that. If you told me to drink more water, eat more vegetables, I would. That's
0: what i do. (laughs) And if you came to me and said, you've got a sore tummy, the first question I would ask you is, have you done a poo today? And I will ask a Prime Minister or a two-year-old child, (laughs) if you complain of a sore stomach, the first question you'll be asked by Emma Sianna is, have you done a poo today? It's a good point. (laughs) It's a very good point. Do you need to poo? Or if you itch anywhere, my family know, if you itch anywhere on your body below the the breast line, have you got worms? Have you got worms? Oh,
2: wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Below the breast line, but above the breast line, fine. what scabers. Who knows? Something else. you got a twitch. It's What's wrong?
0: Itchy. Got a rash. Maybe it's the washing um, powder. Yeah. Oh, yes. yeah. yeah. It's the it's trials and tribulations word. of ethnic mothers, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's trying to kill us and everyone we love. Oh, no. Now, no, it's fine. You yes. spoke of uh, the show you're currently doing, Boomcat Panto. Um, yeah. My lifelong dream is to star in a pantomime. Um, oh. M. That's all I've ever
2: wanted. Do you know that we get a special guest in every night to audition for the show within the show? Oh my god! Do you know that we've had David Campbell and I think Millsy's on the list? And can we can we yes. make this happen? Yes. Can you
0: fly interstate? Can you bring the show to Melbourne? You gonna- oh yeah, we'd love. to. Well, we need to do this. We would love. Well, let's to. do an old fashioned reset. Virginia Gay is currently because as we're recording this time, we're about December, near Christmas, and. Um, the Belvoir Theatres, it was supposed to be, was it the last show of the season but it ended up being the first? Yeah, you've, yeah. You've brought a glorious Damn. pantomime to Australia and it blows my mind that they're not bigger here oh. or even in existence because it's just so Australian. Yeah, totally. And when we hear about it, we kind of like equate it to Madge from Neighbours, like she's gone over there and had a career, <laughs> you know, like it's a very English thing that our Neighbours expats do. Absolutely. So it's your show. I'm going to shut up (laughs) in cat panto. What is it? So, yes, I saw my first panto
2: right just like moments before the apocalypse and I was hosting La Clique in Leicester Square in London in the middle of winter and I saw my nephew, my 11-year-old nephew, play sixth villager from the left in the Sleeping Beauty ostensibly it was Sleeping Beauty but of course it had almost nothing to do with the plot and um, he did for example all of Thriller at one point like the entire ensemble did all of Thriller for no reason that I could discern. Don't need one. Don't need one and what nobody tells you about Pantos if you haven't grown up watching them is that they are batshit mental. Yes. There's almost no logical link from scene to scene. They are an excuse to do Joyful things yes. like set pieces, old jokes, songs, song and dance numbers, uh, audience interaction, all of the things that are like somehow the kind of purest form of theatre and entertainment, but kind of wedged together into an old fairy tale plot. So I was like, why the fuck? Isn't this huge in Australia? It's everything that we love. And also I remember watching it, so it's got the pantomime dame is always in a panto, and the pantomime dame is always a bloke playing a woman. Yeah. And that pantomime dame is the person who is... ..she always exists in sexual innuendo. She always exists in audience interaction. Yeah. And I was hosting Leclerc, which was an actual variety show, in Leicester Square, and I was highly sexed. I was the host. I was linking together all these disparate scenes. I was covered in sequence. I was doing audience interaction and I was like, I'm the pantomime dame. It me. It me. So I was like, there's so much about pantos, about the structure of pantos that is still fascinating to an audience because Le Clique was selling out like the, the, that sense of like, let's see what they've got, put it on, whack on a show. Mm. So I thought if I could make an Australian pantomime, I would have to teach people the rules or the way that you shout back. I would have to explain to an Australian audience that they are sort of meant to be insane, that there's not a lot of logic or plot. Um, and, and then in doing this while keeping everybody laughing up there, I would also because i believe in this as a means to exist while keeping everybody laughing up here i'd be like okay so now that you're laughing and now that your guard is down how about this idea for an incredible revolutionary future how about this how about zoe tarrakis is the central character non-binary like the most magnetic human being you will ever meet in your fucking life mm. how about we start with zoe on the outside and we make them the hero by the end and how about because of the way the show is structured, everybody will be on board with Zoe leading us towards triumph towards the end? How about a queer love story at its heart? How about me playing the pantomime dame? How about a whole bunch of old and archaic power structures being dissolved through humour and, and at every point with an audience reinforcing that with dopamine rushes? Oh, yes. So not feeling, not feeling that that you're being lectured to or being told that your way of thinking is wrong Mm. but just at every point, every time you are going with the right people, get a dopamine rush, get a dopamine rush, punchline, 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 laughing with the right people and at the other people Mm. and that Mm. that was kind of my secret goal which was how do you
0: hide your vegetables? I love the hide (laughs) your vegetables. I did the same thing. I did a whole show about female rage and had 12 dancing vulvas at the end. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. And then the, I did another show about my baby dying with a giant blow up dick at the end. So, wow. yeah, I know. I saw that. I saw that diet. Yeah, the Blime, video. Yeah, yeah. yeah
2: that was, that's a real giant blow up dick. Mate, I'm
0: a big believer in the. Hey! Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah, yeah. People look, can't over say, here, yeah. look
0: over here, look over here. Pretty much. I just forgot, yeah. then this is an auditory medium. Um, yeah, <laughs> but my audience will understand what I did. I love that. I love the idea of and that's why what you're making and when I read about this, it is quietly revolutionary because I think if people feel they are being lectured to, they switch off straight away because there's a lot of that that's going so. on. Yeah. But people need to be encouraged to grow and experience new things and totally you're like you're a part of that it's pretty fucking That's, awesome
2: i've always thought that actually there are kind of like change is a pincer movement so it's absolutely not to say that like i have learnt a lot in my life by being lectured and being challenged i absolutely have yeah but it's hard. It's hard, and you have to you have to deal with all of your armor and things. So I think there's. I think that change happens as a pincer movement, and there are the people behind you going, "You can't think like this anymore. This is wrong. Look at the pain that it's causing." Mm. And there are people at the, at the other end of the pincer movement going, "Look at how over here everything is. Oh, it's great over here, isn't it? Mm. Do you want to come in? Come in. Come here." look it's nice isn't it it's nice isn't it and that there's something enormously helpful about both of those things happening at the same time yeah. and and i i just always i look at the like the resources the stoicism and the extraordinary like through line that Clementine Ford has to just constantly be going you can't you can't think like this this is not okay this is I know. and i'm like you're so amazing and i have learned and grown so much from her same and so I'm trying to do my bit at the other end, which is we're like, great, now you're, now you're a little bit here. Great, what about coming oh over here? and you yes, yes,
0: Virginia. Fuck, it's, because I always feel like I can't do what Clem does. And I was with her at lunch a, a week and a half ago and yeah. I'm glad she's there because I have two daughters, one's 20, one's nearly 15, and I'm so glad she's out there blazing oh, the trail good. and setting herself on fire for the benefit of the women and the queer people coming behind her but I don't have the emotional bandwidth or fortitude or desire to stand in that in those flames. But I do want to make a difference and so I've been yeah. working on the all or nothing thinking that if I'm not doing what Clem's doing, then don't do anything, then just be funny and ha-ha. Yeah,
2: yeah. But there is but. like
0: the pincer, you're right, There's and that's what I've really been working on is that it's a spectrum of change and yeah. I'm like you, I'm down there. Come here, yeah,
2: totally and-
0: <laughs> Once Paul Clem does all the hard work. <laughs>
2: I know, I know. We're grateful Clem, we're just reinforcing it, reinforcing it with dopamine. That's it.
0: Yeah, we, we do. She's we love so it. She's so fucking incredible. I don't know, Jesus Christ, what a powerhouse. I don't know how she does it, but I'm so glad she does it. And I agree, yeah. agree. Yeah. And I, it's
2: interesting. We, we both did the same thing. Where we're both like, we're both just clutching a little, our pearls. I'm, I'm, yeah, I, I'm like, I, I just, all I want to do is just rah rah Clem. Same. And be like, I'm sorry, I'm not stronger, but I'm doing what I can.
0: She does make me want to hold myself more accountable in not falling into the old ways of the woman does everything. Like I'm a crazy manic, get everything done now, do it well, make sure everyone's okay, people pleasing, type A, like it's all just always up here and just I'm at the end of the year always just crawling like a shell. I'm so fucking tired. Yeah. And I realise I'm teaching my daughters that this is a way a woman walks in the world. So while I'm a feminist and strong and I've created this great business and I'm a performer, I've set that example. I've also set an example of yeah, how women should move in the world and I want to undo that. I want to yes, really. Yes, that's
2: beautiful. Yeah.
0: because God, that's good thinking.
2: That's really good thinking.
0: I know, but like fuck, I yeah, it's hard.
2: <laughs> it's it's just, really hard, isn't it? It's so fucking hard. Did you find too with the, like, obviously we've had all of these weird and awful stop-start times, Mm. but once we got back into the swing of existing in the world, Mm. it was like I wasn't world fit. I I burnt out instead of feeling sort of nourished by all that time off because it wasn't really nourishing time off. It was anxiety, like Mm. emptiness, isolation, a complete lack of connection. Mm. So I didn't feel like I came back with my cup full. Mm -mm. And then I was like, oh, I am not fit fit. I'm not like person fit. Mm-hmm. I'm not show fit. I'm not rehearsal fit. I found myself
0: absolutely knackered so much quicker. Yeah. And I was like, this isn't fair. <laughs> no, that's, it's so true. That's not right. Yeah. I felt untethered to the human experience. Totally. And I watched other people step back into the comfy old shoes of existing and I would look at them and go, what the fuck? Yeah. What do you have? Yeah. Why? But then I realised I didn't want to step back into the shoes of the person I was before. Absolutely. Because I was wearing how busy I was as a badge of honour. I wasn't enjoying any of my achievements. I was being awful to a lot of people because I was surviving. Yeah, totally. And, you know, this pandemic for me caused me to get a diagnosis, go to a psychiatrist, go on medication, re-examine all the stories I told myself about myself as a kid in school and all the labels that had been assigned to me as difficult, diva, impossible to work with, rude, blunt, disorganized all those words that had managed to drill into me yeah. weren't true so yeah yeah reframing all that so the two years off for me was total like breakdown yeah i went into the pandemic 40 39 i just had a child i just had a huge tour a stand up show and then and i thought i'm going to go to la with everything's about to take off and then everything just fucking exploded and I'm at home oh, all of a sudden with my family of five and and it's like, oh shit. Oh mate. Oh, did that mate. happen for you? Have you found the time at home? What have you learned about yourself that you did weren't expecting mm. to learn? What did you like? Totally. What's the big raw truth that came through for you?
2: Well, I will tell you that I so I went to America end of twenty eighteen and for all of twenty nineteen I was in America. Mm. And what, what is weird about that time, and of course for the beginning of the apocalypse for most of 2020, mm. I, was in the, I was in America too. <laughs> Charlie. <laughs> fucking hell, what a time. Didn't you get, <laughs> what a you got COVID, time. honey, did you? I it? got COVID fucking over there hell. because you couldn't fucking avoid no it. No way. Also, am I allowed to swear on the oh, podcast? Oh, God, I yeah. I please okay, fucking great, great. swear. Oh, my gosh. Great, yes, great, great, great. yes. Um, But so I was over there in 2019 and what happened in 2019 is that I realised for the very first time in my life that by going to America, I had walked away from all the external struts that I didn't even realise I was using to hold myself together. So, What were they? Work, Mm. absolutely work, absolutely the badge of being busy. Mm. Money, like actually having money and going, I have money, that means I have self-worth. To my shame, the little bit of fame that I had, I was using that to, I was like, but I'm I'm invited because I'm famous or I'm getting in because I'm famous. Mm. My friends, my family, my lovers, like everything that I was using, which I didn't realise I was using externally mm. to hold me together mm. and going to America and walking away from all of that and thinking that it would be some big adventure where of course, you know, you all, everybody anticipates that when they go to America, somebody will be like, oh my God, you're the next Cate Blanchett, come this way. Yeah. But and actually what happened was nothing actually nothing mm. meant that for about 4 months in the middle of that year I became an absolute puddle i like when all of those structures disappeared i was like oh i've got nothing mm. i'm just going out and it's sad there's no there's no through line anything and i recognized in that time that if I didn't do internal structure, mm. I would be waiting for the rest of my life for those external struts to come back mm. and waiting was making me anxious and n- waiting and not getting them was making me sad and making me feel worse. So I was like, oh, you have to do that mm. work. So that was the work that I did in 2019. And I remember that shifting my entire focus, my entire life going, okay, it's it's not, it's not about, whether you get the thing, it's about whether in one connection with another human being Mm. you had a great chat. Mm. Did you feel connected? Mm. Did you feel seen? Did you feel listened to? Mm. Great. Mm. That's a real thing. Mm. That's a real thing that I can control Mm. and that I can get nourishment from. Great. Mm. That's it. And just taking it back to like the simplest Mm. of that. So that was like an amazing revelation and it feel like it changed me and that was when I started writing too where I was like oh I can't uh, I can't wait around for the stories to come to me what if these things that I want to talk about and these things that I want to do in the world oh I have to do them Mm -hmm. okay great so then going into 2020 with that understanding was amazing for writing Mm. let's just say like that was great to go well, there's only the hours, so what are you gonna fucking do with the hours? But was even more debilitating somehow because I had learnt that a thing that was very important to me was interpersonal connection. (laughs) Like actually (laughs) just talking to people in real time and and vibing off them and getting that energy Mm. and not feeling like I was performing to a group of people and doing a performance of myself, Mm. but actually stripping all that back and going, great, oh, that's interesting. Mm. And when that happened, did you? Oh, wow, no way. Mm. And just that life. So to lose that as well was very destabilizing. And one of the things that I think is absolutely true of my time during the apocalypse, <laughs> so in my time during 2020 and 2021, is that the things that I wrote then, Cyrano and the Boomcake Panto, but very particularly Cyrano, because Cyrano was about longing and isolation. Mm. I was writing the connection that I needed mm. because it was oh the only God, way. Oh my God, lady. It yes. was the only way I could yeah. do it and get it. And also, of course, what's nonsense about that is that you're writing a connection, which is a fiction, which you also control. So also to analyze that and go, I know this isn't real connection, mm. but let's try and make it feel as real as possible and then gift it to someone else and go, does this feel right to you? And let's read it and let's try it. And But, but that's one of the other things that Cyrano particularly examines is this idea that Cyrano is the author of this entire experience Mm. and is manipulating Roxanne by Mm. writing these letters and telling other people what to say and for Roxanne in my production certainly to go this is not connection this is you exerting control Mm. over another and you can't live like that that's not living Mm. it's a beautiful piece of art but it's Mm. not living so what are you going to do to live which mm. I think is a really important thing. Oh
0: my God. Oh, identified with about 29 things you said there. And it, people <laughs> listening will as well. It's, it's funny, I have become the public woman that I wish I'd had. What a
2: wonderful thing.
0: Yeah, that's, I've crafted, I think I represent to my audience the person I wish I'd had and she's also the person I want to be. Um, <sighs> Yeah, and that whenever I write, I always get asked who do you write for, like when I'm writing stand-up shows or jokes or whatever yeah. or stories and I'm writing for the most damaged version of M, pretty much and trying to give her what she needed at that time. And, yeah, and, and I'm the most damaged version of me still now sometimes. <laughs> yeah. But like you said, learning, and this is a big one for women especially, learning to build a safe space within yourself and learning that you are actually in control of how you react to certain things. So you're not in control of what happens, but you're in control of how you respond to it. That's the big therapy totally. thing. You know, that's the big. Totally. It's a, it's a rah rah therapy. Yeah, rah rah therapy. I'm so for it. Thank God. Therapy and medication. Oh. Get it, get it, get it, okay. get it. Get it, do whatever you need to do. Mainline it, 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 shelve it, whatever has to so happen. So for it. Fucking, <laughs> if you need to shelve your anxiety nets, I mean, whatever. <laughs> do it. I don't it. know do if it, it works faster. <laughs>
1: M. Rossiano with Virginia Gay for the M. Salation summer Series.
0: This whole kind of summer series, also, I'm talking to really people who appear strong, but they've they've found strength through accessing and performing their their learning through their trauma. Like you know, yeah. vulnerability
2: is strength. Absolutely, absolutely. Richard Carroll, who co-directed the Boomcake Panto and also directed Calamity, that's the thing that he says all the time. Mm. Which is true strength is being vulnerable and being seen. 100%. That's, that's true strength. Yeah. That's true courage mm. to go, I haven't got the answer. No. What do we do?
0: Yeah, I know. And I've, I've ended quite a few stand-up shows with I don't fucking know. Yes. <laughs> because yes. I don't like it when shows end with tidy little, well, mm. here's what I learned and everything's yeah, going to be okay. Totally. Because life can be really hard and amazing at the same time. And I think I became obsessed with seeking ease and thinking that ease would equal happy.
2: Oh, it's an interesting sentence, isn't it? Because you want ease in your life, of course you do. Mm -hmm. But also sometimes easy is an old pattern and it feels Mm -hmm. familiar. Correct. Just because it's familiar, not because it's right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it is. And I think you and I both enjoy involving audiences you know, mm-hmm. especially with BimCAC and well, Pantomimes in general, but my shows, I remember I went and saw Jerry Seinfeld, and obviously he's one of the greatest comedians and performers of our time, but I was really struck with how he, he performed as though the audience didn't exist. Wow. And he was really it, it was a very one-sided, he didn't address anyone in the crowd. He had his marks to hit. He you know, he famously writes on the legal pads. I remember reading that thinking, I could never sit down and write a 10 pages of jokes every know. day. I just don't have that. And and I'm an improv person because I can't remember scripts or lines or anything. So usually I'll have a mm. prompt or someone in my ear and then I'll just go with the wind. But I remember thinking, I don't want to be that. I don't want to be him. I'm going to stop looking to him. That's not what I want to be. And so, yeah, yeah I great. think, I think I really, really need audience involvement. I like I like having them in and and I trust my audience and they trust me and I love that aspect of pantomimes especially is, (laughs) it's very collaborative.
2: It is. That's totally one of the things that, you know, it was was so exciting to come back to live performance Mm. because live performance only exists in collaboration with an audience. Whether or not you actually are actively interacting with an audience, the thing that happens in a room with a bunch mm. of strangers where we all agree mm. to go, okay, let's go on this journey.
0: Let's like, see what happens. That's... Let's just go on a mental exactly. side quest. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And
2: that's that's magic and it's also, of course, the thing that we haven't been able to do for two years. We haven't been no. able to be in a room with people. That's why mm-hmm. it's so electric and that's why it's so exciting and that's why I'm so determined to believe that live performance cannot cannot disintegrate as a result of these last two years because that thing, that being in a room with thing, that feeling a sense of community when you laugh together or when you all hold your breath, when you're like, this can't happen, this can't happen, that sense of community is exactly what we've missed because we've been so isolated. Well, connection,
0: like you said. It's yes. all around connection because connection mm-hmm. doesn't have to happen like where you're having a two-way conversation. No.
2: I totally. connect
0: with people, you know, when they're telling my story. Yet. When I hear something that I, makes me feel less weird or, you know, yes. it's okay to yes. you know, cry in the fetal position at 2am questioning all that I hold dear. Oh, I've done that too. Yeah. And it's funny, everyone I've spoken to, all of us have this desire to make people feel better about being vulnerable. All of us, everyone. Yeah. It's just yeah. this desire to ease suffering in others through our art. I worry though, who's doing that for you? Mm. Who Good eases question. your suffering?
1: Do yeah, you, really look at you, I've just
0: seen her face. I wish she, I'm going to, she's going, oh, fuck. Because I got to the end of yeah. this pandemic and was like, I've been given out. I've been making stuff and I've been hustling and fucking peddling and checking in on everyone and, yeah, no one. And
2: yeah, a five-person no family too. That's a lot mm. of, that's a lot of mate. energy to keep on
0: giving, mate. Oh, mate. And I'm an introvert. I gather my energy from time alone. Holy oh, shit. So... Yeah, hasn't I know. Been a lot of that, I-, I imagine, hasn't been a
2: lot of that. But this is no. I just—I, I mean, I just every time I think about what we've been through, I want to send up a fucking cheer to parents who did all of this. <laughs> like, holy shit! I had a pretty rough time. I had a, in fact, I had a really no, rough really time. You
0: really did have but, a rough time. Let's not play down your rough time. You fucking did.
2: But the idea of also having to not just like the the simple awful mechanics of homeschooling, but also. I- Give and keep keep little brains energized and hopeful and fed and loved and oh keep going. Just, You've got an audience of mothers. I don't keep know. going. Yep. <laughs> I just right don't, now, I, I'm always so impressed about where yeah. where parents find that re, those reserves from. And I'm I just want to rah rah from the fucking rooftops. You've all done incredibly, <sighs>
0: yeah,
2: incredibly.
0: Yeah, fucking oath. And I'm just noticing there's not a lot of hey, well done, mum, oh. dad. Well, it was, it was me really peddling. I mean, I was also keeping my, my husband like, come on, you know. Like it was yeah, yeah, I was yeah. everyone's hype girl, like, and it, yeah, and also yeah. trying to earn money as a live performer, as you know, the last two years. It's like, sure, <laughs> oh. do we even matter to anyone? <laughs> oh, no. It's fine. I'm fine. Resilient. That's us.
2: Resilience. That's honestly. I don't want to be resilient anymore.
0: I know. I know. Fuck off. (laughs) Totally. I'm tired of being brave. uh, Yes.
2: Totally. Resilience, particularly around the arts too. I was like, I don't don't want to hear resilient. I don't want to hear the real word resilient anymore. No.
0: I think that's where my exhaustion has come from. And I think a lot of us crawling to the end of this year. It's the expectation to be resilient mm. that has exhausted me the most, Yeah, I think. I get that. When I'm in Melbourne, I'd like to cook you a dinner.
2: Oh, Let's have a dinner. Look, I'd just like to cook you a big dinner and we'll drink lots of wine. I love how we'll this is turned to you
0: <laughs> giving me therapy. Like I'm <laughs> <laughs> we were just talking about who's,
2: your, who's the person who fills your cup. I and I was like, I will make you a lasagna. Thank and- you.
0: I'll let you. I'm not good at letting people do it though either. That's important and you have to learn that. You have to learn. Yeah, Ooh, not, look at pointing. No, I love I the pointing. pointing. I need you in my, and people are listening. I am. I know you're not, yep. I know you're not really yep. good at collecting friends and you've had the same one since you're 11 and you forced him to do a podcast with you. <laughs> but no, <laughs> people are hearing, I'm going to get messages. You need to take that yeah. woman up on her offer. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I, I mm-hmm. had to learn to accept help and I had to learn to ask for help. And I was. How did uh, you do
0: that? Tell me how that you achieved <laughs> that because I've not yet done that. Totally.
2: Totally. I was like. Kid, I, there's a certain part of me that feels absolutely atrophied at about the age of fourteen, which is when I felt my least like magnetic. I'm trying to I'm trying to use uh, terminology that doesn't uh, throw me back into it. But just like where I was, like, what is this face? What is this body? I was roughly this height yeah. with this face at fourteen. Glasses, braces, giving myself a crew cut. I played the trombone. I mean, I was just. I was the most extraordinary thing is how I'm trying to talk about myself in retrospect, but I was also very you would have been in mine and Michael's frightened. friendship group yeah yeah, yeah. great great oh. deeply frightened just <laughs> de- had decided absolutely categorically that I was unlovable, that I could only ever be the wacky best friend it would never be a love interest, like that kind of stuff, like mm-hmm. categorically, and so I um I built up a lot of uh walls then because to acknowledge that I needed help what would somehow let people in to see the 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 little the little person who was inside this and i was trying to be fabulous and funny to make up for my perceived intense ugliness like like just the most i just thought i was the most repulsive thing that mm. had ever existed mm. and so i had to make myself funny and i had to make myself untouchable because if you're doing a performance of yourself You have to keep people at a distance they have to be an audience and they're not actually like connecting with you that it's a performance all of this is in Cyrano too like it's all that's the story of my life really but so actually asking for help and saying I'm not okay and also accepting help involves acknowledging that this performance of yourself is a fiction and the the thing that got Me over the actually asking and accepting help, um, is I recognized how much I loved it when people I loved asked for my help. Oh my god, I love, I live for that, yeah, right? Isn't that a beautiful thing? And you feel, yeah, useful, you feel connected, you feel all of that stuff. So I was like, I love that exchange of energy, so I can. I can be vulnerable and maybe the other person will also enjoy that exchange of energy and I've got I reckon I've got five people in my life they're people who I kill for and I die for yep. and I bury the bodies for yeah Fair. right yeah. they were the people including probably the first person who I ever like opened my armor up to mm. And who was like, oh, you're just a little person on the inside, just a little heart, just a little heart. Yeah. And you can't reach, your little heart can't reach for things and it can't grow if it's all armoured up. Oh, my God. Yes.
0: (laughs) It's true. Mm. Do you do you see me?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm thrilled actually that this resonates so much with you because I also thought I was alone
0: in this. You know, that's the other oh, thing you think when you're 14 totally.
2: and you and you've decided you're repulsive. You're like everybody else is fabulous and I'm the worst.
0: Yes, but as a result, too, I am still only now as a 43, almost 43 year old woman, figuring out who the fuck I am. Yeah, because I've been playing various characters to try yep. and um, distract people from the girl who didn't fit in at school, who uh, had a different, like looked different, was the token wog, you know, interrupted everyone all the time. And now I know the autism, the ADHD, it all explains. But at the time yeah. it was just this constant, I would intensely watch people to try and learn how to behave, the mirroring and the mimicking. Yes, totally. And masking too, if you're talking about
2: performing characters. Wow.
0: And like my therapist said to me, what do you do for fun? What's your fun? And I'm like, I um, work. I just don't know because I don't actually know who I am away from yeah, right. public M, fabulous gay best friend M, mum M, wife M, daughter, beautiful daughter M. And it's like who's, yeah, totally. I don't fucking I still don't fucking know. Who am I when I'm just like me? Yeah. And what does that person do for fun and how does she? But I think especially... Like it happens when you, you have kids or when you get into a relationship and you lose yourself in it or whatever, it, life throws at you. You forget. Yeah. yeah. So I, just, I don't know. Just that sweet little heart. Just that sweet You're just the little heart. 10-year-old girl sitting by themselves at the pool feeling weird in your green speedos with their hair, yeah. pubic hair poking out the side, <laughs> desperately trying to tuck it in with no boobs, like tense. Like <gasps> I'm just her. Anytime I feel unsafe, I just go straight back to her and yep. react as her and feel like yep. her doesn't matter how fucking old and whatever I am now. Yeah. And she doesn't feel like she should ask for help. I also have. She should. Yeah, I know, but I have rejection sensitivity dysphoria. So even just asking you guys on this podcast, I gave everyone so many outs to not do it. (laughs) I really yep. and I'm convinced yep. everyone hates me. Too. Yeah, I feel yep. like everyone yep. hates me as a baseline, and a lot of people do in the industry. <laughs> I accept that. I'm not the most popular person. I don't have many friends in the industry. And the ones I do have are the glorious weirdos. You know, Will Anderson's taking me in and Michael Lucas is taking oh. me in. And, you know, just they're just the strange outliers that don't really give a fuck yeah. about what other people think. So to even just ask someone to come on a podcast that is immensely successful and, you know, we have a lot of yeah. listeners is like like I have to ring and cancel a doctor's appointment on Thursday that I've been building up to for three days. To ring? Yeah. The building clean. up to ring? Same. That The life admin thing is
2: what will undo me eventually. I will fail to, <laughs> to respond to an email that will
0: save my life and that, like, I cannot, <sighs> I cannot return a call, I cannot... How many unread messages are on your phone? I can do you emails. I have 207 unopened SMSs. Jesus I have, I have 1,713 unread emails. My
2: inbox is (laughs) go. How many? Oh God, fifty thousand six hundred and sixty-four unread.
0: You're my hero.
2: I don't. I I I cannot. I am not. You know what you've done, Virginia Gay.
0: You have normalised something I thought. You've done your job. If nothing else, I'm so sorry. You've done your job here today. I'm so proud of you. Do you feel like your
2: diagnosis has been a a, a weight off? Has it been a lifting, a freeing? Yeah. I am so excited hearing all – I actually have spoken to a lot of people recently, a lot of women around about the same age as me Mm. who are discovering a late-in-life ADHD Mm -hmm. diagnosis Mm -hmm. and how much it has changed them Mm -hmm. and how much – a friend of mine said the other night, I just think about doing something now and then I do it, and I was like, what the fuck are you talking about?
0: Fucking medication, mate, same. Changed my life in half an hour, 30 minutes. What the fuck? 30 minutes after my first uh, ADHD med, I was like – Oh, my God. I'm going to sit down, and start something and finish it and not get distracted by ten side quests. What? Ten side quests normally. What? I have executive dysfunction. So yes. the, I yep. have a beautiful orchestra with no fucking conductor. <laughs> so no one knows when to play. We're very good. We're not really <laughs> sure when to come in. What a terrific sentence. Fuck, that's glorious. So now the medication gives me a conductor, so I don't feel like there's 10 tabs. Like I'll have 10 tabs up and I'll be like, I'm going to prioritise them all at once. It's too much. I won't do any of them.
2: Yes, yes. Have you
0: thought about getting assessed? This is the thing. (laughs) This is it. ADHD,
2: TikTok. I mean, I'm (gasps) not going to diagnose myself. Wait,
0: I did. That's how I diagnosed myself, 100%. Absolutely. It made me go. I mean, I went and got a diagnosis, but...
2: Exactly, yeah. I have thought about
0: it. I don't want to be the person newly diagnosed with something going around, you've got it and you've got it and you've all got it. I don't want to be yeah, the Oprah of neurodiversity. Yes. <laughs> Another excellent sentence. But yeah, I do feel there may be some neurodiversity in your future. And, look, yeah. and for me also as a creative, you your worries are going to take away my creativity. Of course, and yep, 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 yep. But I'm able to, when I want to, like, Allow my brain to explode. I don't take my meds, and then when I need to yeah, right. action my brain explosions, I take my meds.
2: Oh, that's so smart. Yeah, because
0: the medication is not like a an antidepressant where you know you have to wean yourself off, and it's sure. a, it's a switch over, and you it's it's a stimulant, so it's it's yeah. you either take it or you don't. And there's no side effects. You might feel a bit tired, but I've done a lot of research and I'm, I'm trying to now harness, you know, my because I get hyper-focused on things. My hobby is taking up hobbies. so <laughs>
2: It's very ADHD, isn't it? Yes.
0: Yeah, something will fall into my, like, soul sphere and all. Like, I don't even know what decides it, but I automatically, like, fall in love. And then I have to immediately roll around in it and consume it and buy all the things and master it and talk about it and like fucking start an Instagram about it and just like be just yeah. eat it and then I'll be like two weeks later I'll be like oh, fucking done next. Yeah, yeah, my, yeah there's roller skates in my roof there's craft supplies there's three glue guns like it is a graveyard of broken hobbies. <laughs> But the hyper focus is something I'm yeah. learning because I was like, how did you get so much fucking done? Like, yeah. And I just say, I'm churning out things that I can hyper focus on. I'm not writing books on accounting because if I would sit down and write a yeah, fucking book totally. on accounting, I'd be fucked. But I can write a show oh. about angry women and write songs and, you know, like. Dancing Volvers. Yeah. And Kate Miller Heike, we co wrote all the songs together and that was fucking yes. glorious. Yeah. And. Yeah, great. My next show I'm working on is called Terrible Beautiful because. It's this whole notion that 40-year-old women and beyond we are supposed to be winding down. We're being tricked by, by by advertising in society that our value decreases once we hit 40. And uh-uh. all of us were kind uh-uh. of teenagers in the 90s, you know, like the 90s was only 10 years ago. What are you talking about? So totally. So it's this extraordinary, amazingly awful but great time in your life where one part might be just finishing off but you're ready to kind of go, all right, it's fucking... I know who I am, I might have a bit of money, or maybe I've had the kid or I decided I don't want to, I have or I don't have a partner, let's yeah. fucking go. Yeah, if the totally. world goes, shh,
2: no. No, no, no. Fucking no. You I fucking. feel more myself than <gasps> I ever Mate. have in my entire life. I feel more powerful. I feel more Same. like actually who, who I am. And it's true. Somebody said the other day that they were like, I, I remember thinking 40 was the end when I was a kid and yes. I also remember like... Somebody was talking about their mum at 40 and was like, oh no, this is not what we are at 40. Oh. Which is, I mean, I hope that's not hugely dismissive to mums of the past, but it's a trick. It happened it's to the an boomers. It's a
0: trick. Yeah. The boomer women, the, and why it happened was, and this is my uneducated opinion, I probably read should read about it, but it was, the, <laughs> it was my little seed of it happened to the boomer women because the boomer women were the first to go to work. Yeah, yeah. And the patriarchy fucking shut their dacks. And they're like, yep. all right, got to put a used by on this, guys. We cannot yeah, have yeah, them yeah. going past 40 or what the fuck are we going to do? Yeah, totally. What, give them our seats on the board? What? No, thank you. Certainly didn't do that. And then so I'm the child of boomers and so I've come in thinking, oh, women can have it all. No, they fucking can't and mm. shouldn't want to try and do that. It's a trap. So then, yeah, yeah it's this whole unpacking of, just imagine if we could harness all the power of all the 40 plus year old women. Yeah. And just remind them that you are now officially at your peak. Let's go.
2: Categorically, that's what this feels like. Yeah. I also I just turned 40 a couple of months ago. Amazing, right? Spectacular. Because actor, I'm still like, I don't like saying it. But it also or Doesn't every it time feel I have weird a birthday. Saying it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Every time I have a birthday, it takes me about three to four months to actually go, uh oh, apparently, apparently this is my age now. Oh, <gasps>
0: I feel the same. It's like Beetlejuice is going to appear, because I'm in the entertainment industry too. And when I say but I'm just getting really obsessed with saying my age, I'm nearly 43. For a while it's like Beetlejuice is going to appear and say, no more work for you.
2: I know totally. But it's you're absolutely right. I feel so myself now. So sitting in my power. You are. So
0: and also like You're fucking creating. You're writing shows, pantomimes, plays, working with composers, original songs. Like now, not when you were 20.
2: Exactly. Couldn't have done it when I was trying to get 2% by self-hate. Yes. Having to, like, get get out of my self-hate position. Yes. That I just wait. I think of all the energy I wasted mm. in my 20s going, oh, no, 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 I couldn't. Not for me. Yep. Oh, God, no. This dickhead, no. Now I'm like, yeah, great. Thank you. Yes, yes please. Yes, of course. Absolutely. I'd love that. Absolutely. I'd like to work with you and you. You, I have worked with before and I know that you're a nightmare, so I'm not going to be working with you again. Great. Thank you. you. Absolutely. Like this is also, this is 20 years of experience Mm. of being in the business and going, oh, absolutely not. I will not work with dickheads. I will not work with people who are toxic, who make other people's lives hell, Mm. even though it's awful to occasionally come across one of them who you didn't know Mm. again. There's something great about going, okay, well, I'm just going to rule that person out and know because there are so many possible adventures yeah. to have in this world. Sometimes it's great just to know, oh, great, not ever with you again. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. Goodbye.
0: Totally. And learning that you're in control of the energies yeah. that you allow into your life. Like that was the big revelation for me. Oh, I get to choose how I yeah. feel. I don't yes. have to be this fucking martyr. Say Because for so long I was trying to manage people's perceptions of me. Like mm-hmm. totally control them to a point where I created the thing I was trying to avoid, which was that she's in this nightmare control freak who like is always on and is exhausting. Yeah, right. And I was. but <laughs> now I'm like, hey, you know what? I'm just going to do my best, not be an asshole and yeah. let them think whatever they want about me. Like it's.
2: Yeah.
0: And also needing the approval of my peers was a big mm. haunt for me. And yeah. you have that of yours, like you are universally loved in the industry, but comedies, especially Melbourne, the Melbourne comedy scene, if you're a yeah. musical female comic yeah. who's had no training and come out of reality TV and you're 35, it's pretty brutal. Really? Yeah. And I just became obsessed with wanting those dudes on those lineups to think I was funny. And they're just not my audience. And then I started selling out theaters and Yeah. Even yeah. then it wasn't enough. You make your own fucking thing, don't you? Like you make your own to. way. I yeah. had to leave commercial radio after that awful Sydney experience and do a podcast. Like yeah. I had to, I wanted to sing and I wanted to tell jokes and tell stories so I had to just make that a thing. That's it. And, and you realise, I mean this is,
2: you know, I'm trying not to make this as simple as that but you, you have to do that and you can do that. And yep. the old structures mm. are not made to support everybody. And what if you made your own? Like, fuck. Thank what it. if you actually sold out your fucking own theatre doing your own thing and you didn't have to fit into the structures? Incredible. What if the structures are all there to support the patriarchy in the first place? Thank like, you. What if?
0: Yes, not even For what now. if. Ah.
2: Yeah, Fucking art. And if
0: you take nothing away from this conversation, you have two 40-year-old women sitting here in the prime of their careers just fucking Mm -hmm. ready to charge in the next 10, 20.
2: Hell yeah. And that's what I
0: want for this. I want people to be listening to us on their break and going, fuck, I am. I think a lot of the time when I speak to women and non-binary people, they feel out of control. Like they feel like stuff happens to them and they don't want it to, but they don't know how to stop it because it's such an oppression on people that aren't straight white men. Yeah. And empowering everyone who aren't right men to go, oh, fuck, I'm just going to go yeah. out there and do the thing, the thing that I want to do. And that doesn't mean putting on a show in a theatre. It could be, I don't know, going to Zumba or doing an Tailing. art class. or Yes. Yeah. Do the thing that makes you happy.
2: Yeah, yes. I know it's twee, yes. like you've got
0: to earn money, of course, but there must be something in your life that lights you up just for you. Like you tend to mm. yourself first and the rest will be... Oh, we're just solving life's problems. <laughs> I want to ask you before you go, Yes, this is going about this backwards. I've started honestly introducing myself to people. Oh yeah. At the behest of my therapist, she said you need to start advocating for yourself. So I say now, hi, I'm Em Rossiano. I have ADHD with autism. I may interrupt you to tell you a story about myself. I'm not a narcissist. It's just how I connect because I'm socially awkward. It means that I'm finding a connection with you. If you tell me anything <laughs> important, you will need to email me it after. I'll forget. I mean well. That's so great. Yeah. That's so great. Yeah. And it's a great litmus test for people too. That's excellent. How would you honestly introduce
2: yourself? Hi, I'm Virginia Gay. I'm a big haired big-shouldered, big-hearted, beautiful giant <laughs> who who loves abundantly. Mm. Who, <laughs> who 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 will almost definitely. Uh, forget call times, email responses, um, to text you back. Also, never come in my car with me. It's like uh, somebody's emptied a salvo's bin and set it on fire. I'm so sorry. (laughs) so
0: true. You are a stunning, you're a strapping woman, my Nana would have called you. Strapping, stunning and strapping. Thank you. I appreciate it. My middle daughter's strapping. I love it. Oh, yeah. I just. It's good. It's
2: power. It's power. But you have to know it as power mm. and not as um, something that's too big for people. Oh fuck it's that! Power. Yeah, no
0: more making ourselves small- smaller. I've made a career of no more. Just doing this, like oh sorry, no sorry, more. am I drawing attention to? M- I shall be smaller. Is my voice too loud? You yeah, know. Nah. No. You have been as I knew you would be a massive spotlight today and allow people <laughs> to step it into the light. Thank you for being generous. I know you're in the middle Thank almost you. toward the end of your run, so you must be exhausted. Please bring oh, Boomcat Panto to Melbourne. I will Tirelessly tell people like I will I'll be there to be on stage obviously you'll be
2: you'll be on stage oh absolutely yeah. you will. but
0: um also look he's hoping we can make something together in the future you're on my dream board Oh, mate Just dropping thank it out you there, mate Just dropping it out there no pressure that's
2: so fucking excellent I would love that and also let's have that lasagna fucking I'm gonna cook for you oh my god amazing I'm cook for
0: you I'm gonna fill your cup mate Virginia Gay you're a fucking pleasure thank you so much love you mate thank you see you darling.
1: this is insulation. Hello lovelies, it's uh, Benjamin Wosley, the EP of M with M Rossiano. We've done that before. Hey, um, how good was that conversation? Virginia Gay. <laughs> Who wants to be invited along for Lasagna with Virginia? Me! I uh, also cannot wait for them to do a collaboration. I'm going to push M to make sure that happens. Yeah. Not too hard, of course. Uh, of course, there's still more Summer Series interviews to come. Next Thursday, Em uh, will sit down with her best friend, Jamila Rizvi. And that, once again, is another life-changing conversation, so do not miss out. Remember, you can still rate podcasts uh, via Spotify. You just go to the main M with Em Russiano bio page on Spotify. Click the three dots and it'll open up rate this show and you can give it a five-star rating. If you haven't already done that, we would absolutely love it. If you could give us just a moment of your time and do that too. You can share the show with uh, someone who's never listened as well. That'd be great. In the meantime though, stay safe, enjoy all the learnings inside that episode and we'll chat with you again next week m with m Rossiano is a Spotify exclusive podcast hosted by m Rossiano with Michael Lucas. Executive produced by Benjamin Wasley. Produced by m Rossiano, Edited by Ezekiel Fenn at Entente Music. With videos by Liam O'Brien, Socials by Marcella Rossiano Barrow. With assistance from Jem Evans and Georgia Watts. Plus occasional technical wizardry, wine and coffee from M's dad Vincent. Get more m by following the m podcast on Instagram, where you can also sign up for our weekly newsletter. You can join other m at the m group on Facebook. The answer is Harry Styles. If you love what we do, share this podcast with a friend and make sure you're following us on the Spotify app. Thanks for taking time out to listen to this week's episode and we look forward to chatting with you again soon.